0: Hello, thank you for joining me on another week of the show. This is Anti Culture, and my name is Josiah Sinanin, your culturally ambiguous and culturally mixed host. This week on the show, I'm so excited to share with you part one of a two-part episode that focuses on the stories of two of my friends in Paris, France. For those of you who don't know, I tend to do at least one episode a season on French culture or subcultures. And this time I technically have three. Some of you have already tuned into my Franco identities episode, which was episode five of this season. And you shared your own stories of how the French world impacted your cultural identities. So thank you. If you have a story to share after this episode or you're inspired by its content, please hit me up at josiahpodcast.com slash contact. I have always been fascinated with French culture and identities. What i like to call a second world that we often overlook from an english or commonwealth point of view the experiences language and identity of french people specifically from france is quite strong and i found a new appreciation for it when i lived in paris in 2015 for part of my studies if you're just tuning into the show for the first time today this show is all about challenging cultural perceptions and hearing the stories of unique individuals to truly focus on the culture they foster around themselves, regardless of their background, ethnicity, or affiliations. By looking at stories, rather than these common identifiers, we start to retrain our minds to not put individuals in boxes. And France is a place where a lot of this comes to a head. One of my courses at the school I was attending in Paris was simply called French Politics, where I got to be brought up to speed with a fascinating and foreign democratic system which was exciting for me because I loved France and I was already quite familiar with the systems of the UK, Canada, the US, and even the European Union as a whole. One of the standout observations of the French Republic is their motto of Liberté, Égalité, Fraternité, which means freedom, equality, and fraternity. In short, this concept is meant to dictate the identity of the French people who by classic definition, put a lot of dependency on the Republic to help define who they are. You may have heard news stories from France about their ban on the burqa, which caused an international controversy. And at the time of my studies, this was a hot topic. It was kind of what everyone was talking about. I had it explained to me in an interesting way. France decided to take that stand in order to protect the equality portion of their national mantra. They didn't quite see it as religious oppression to ban the burqa, as many of us in the West might, but rather they saw it as a means to ensure that all French citizens felt like they were French citizens first, that they were all on equal playing ground, and that in public spaces they were all seen as equals, without any identifiers of religion or other identity affiliations out in the open. In fact, French people would even feel uncomfortable if you wore a cross necklace and walked around, though not as uncomfortable as the burqa. Although I won't comment on my opinion of this controversy, I found that angle quite interesting. And in theory, perhaps it could be used as a means to avoid any external projections on everyday citizens. This is just a small look at how the French view society and government. And I could get into each of those three statements in the mantra, freedom, equality, and fraternity, and what they all mean. But for today, I'll leave you with that example. As we dive into today's episode with my friend, Anissa, who grew up in Paris her whole life, but has Algerian descent and was raised by an adopted family, we take a look at the immigrant experience in this country. One that is painted a little differently than what we're used to, particularly with countries like Algeria, an ex-colony of France, where the concept of identity with France is complicated. Anissa is proud to be French and she loves France, but she's also faced very stark experiences of racism and identity crisis in her upbringing. This episode of Culture with Josiah Sinanen is brought to you by TELUS World of Science Edmonton, home of the Canadian debut of Marvel Universe of Superheroes. This is a new exhibition running from October 19th until February 17th in Edmonton that you aren't going to want to miss. It features more than 300 artifacts, costumes, props, and interactive elements to bring the Marvel Universe to life. This is huge for Alberta, and the exhibit will feature a chance to experience a thrilling soundscape by composers Lorne Balfe and Hans Zimmer, as well as a chance to see rare, hand-drawn images of iconic heroes such as Spider-Man, Black Panther, and Captain America. 2019 is also the 80th anniversary of Marvel, so this is a great way to celebrate. This is the only place in Canada to see this special exhibit, so make sure you buy your tickets today at TellusWorldOfScienceEdmonton.ca. Edgy is also brought to you by the Alberta Podcast Network. Check out Assumptions, a podcast featuring a Christian and an atheist with competing worldviews who still manage to maintain a friendship. Join them as they try to understand each other's viewpoints through the media. You can find it and other podcasts like it at albertapodcastnetwork.com. I can translate for you and you can try it in English. If it doesn't work, I can Okay. Okay, on commence maintenant. Okay. I am here with my friend Anissa Ferdini. Yeah. And Anissa is someone who has lived in Paris for a long time. You grew up in Paris.
1: Yeah.
0: And you're here now, and here you are. You're my friend. We met at a church in Paris when I was studying here. And yeah, why don't you start by just introducing yourself and telling us what you do?
1: Okay, I'm Anissa Ferdinand. I live uh, in Paris, and I finish my studies in uh, commerce international, you know. And I live <laughs> in the <a> bank <laughs> in the bank, and I uh, and I work. You Sorry, and work I a- work yeah. yeah in the bank. Okay, yeah. And that's it. I met (laughs) a a friend like you sometimes when I have time.
0: Yeah. So your life right now is very focused on this new job. Yes. At the bank. When did you finish your studies?
1: In September.
0: In September. Okay. And you've been at the bank since then. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So tell us a little bit about how you grew up. How did you end up in Paris? What's your family story a little bit?
1: Okay. My family story was a difficult story, you know. I grew up in a poor family, Algerian family, and I was adopted when I was nine years old with a French family. It was very cool, but very difficult because it was not my culture, you know. And after that, I was living in Paris. I was left the family okay. when I was 20, now I'm 29, okay. soon, and I lived in Paris.
0: Et cette famille reste à Paris maintenant?
1: No, okay. no, she's near Paris.
0: Okay. Yeah. Sorry, I keep speaking in French. I'll stop. Okay. <laughs> so um, Anissa was just saying that she, so she was adopted when she was nine, out of her Algerian family into a French family. And they lived in Paris and she was with them until she was 20 and now she's 29 so she's been nine years outside of that family and have you reconnected with your birth family?
1: Yes but it's difficult you know I have a relationship with my mom but very bizarre okay like not really stable and my sister I have a three sisters and one brother and I have only contact with two sisters online but I don't have a good relationship with her.
0: So what was your experience? Where were you born in France? Were you born in France? Yes. In Paris or?
1: Near Paris.
0: Near Paris, okay.
1: In Normandy. Okay, nice.
0: (laughs) And growing up with your Algerian parents, what was that culture like? What is it like to be an Algerian in France?
1: It's an interesting creation because, uh, you know, Adrian people have a lot of stories with friends, mm-hmm. difficult stories. Yeah. Right? There are a lot of war before, a big war before, and Adrian have a lot of heartbreak yeah. about that. And now they are very sceptic about France. They live here, but they always told that France... Uh, make me sad in the past, they killed yeah. our family, etc. etc. Right. And um, I grew up in the, between France and Algeria, mm. and I find my place not really in France. There are a lot of problems, you know, about mm-hmm. migra- migrant immigrants, 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 yeah. and not really in Algerian family because I'm French also. So yeah. it's very mixed and it's very bizarre. I don't find my place.
0: Do you think, like, how has your perception growing up in Paris, did you face discrimination because you're from Algeria?
1: Yeah, especially when we win the Cup of Africa or the in France in football. Mm, yes. Because we are a lot of, we are Mediterranean. So yep. we express our joy and we always say, one, two, three, Viva Algeria! And we Scream. shout yeah. in, the, in the, all the cities. <laughs> and we are very
0: expressive
1: People, expressive and very aggressive sometimes okay a little bit not aggressive uh, in a bad. But we tell the truth, we speak loud, we are different. We are Mediterranean mm-hmm. from Africa, so it's different.
0: Yeah, and how does that compare to a French person? What's the main difference, do you think? Mm-hmm. Are French people more quiet or...?
1: More quiet, and I feel that sometimes when you say that you are Algerian, it's different than when you say you are Brazilian, you know?
0: okay. Uh,
1: Algeria is very, like, uh, you are Muslim. And right. I tell to people that, no, we are Algerian. OK, I'm Algerian, but I'm Christian. And there are two percent of Algerian who are Christian. Wow. People don't know that.
0: Yeah. In what ways have you felt that you are able to belong in France? Are there ways that you have felt that you are able to belong?
1: No, no, I, I feel French sometimes. I love food, you know, <laughs> I love food. Yeah. And I think that it's a better than uh, we have the best food ever. <laughs> but no, sometimes I say I'm very polite and it's very French to say, hello, thank you so much. <laughs> or, uh, yeah, for that, for the style also, I'm French. Right. In Paris, I like The style, the French style, but also I'm very proud of the culture of France and the story of the city and of the country. So I'm very proud of that for the artistic things, for the story, yeah. And I love France, really, with all my heart. But sometimes I don't feel French a lot.
0: Would you ever want to... Because, I mean, you already grew up with a French family in Paris. Mm. Do you ever feel like you want to... Become more French? Or I guess, yeah, are you worried about changing yourself for a country that doesn't really belong to you?
1: Yeah sometimes yes i want to become more french so i do everything i go to the museum i say okay i eat in the best place ever to feel accepted because mm-hmm. you know algerian people are not really in th- that place above. yeah there are a lot of french people who ac- who have access to the best place ever etc so i try to have this that's why i work a lot for that but my prayer is that people in france are becoming much more open Mm -hmm. and don't judge because you are algerian african or something like that Mm
0: -hmm. so would you say that there is racism in france yes very strongly Mm -hmm.
1: not very strong but you can feel it if you have access to in your studies, if you, you know, in my study, I see that, I see that people, French people always want to have reason when what they say, Mm. I'm better than you, I'm better than you. And sometimes I feel that it's a story of this slavery because sometimes I talk with French people and they always want to have reason like they are, you are higher
0: up. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. When people see you on the streets or in your studies, do they know that you're Algerian right away? No. What do they they think?
1: (laughs) They think I'm from Iceland of Martinique. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Or maybe they say Latino sometimes or my dad is black and my mom is French. Okay.
0: Okay. And in terms of speaking French, is your accent more Algerian or more French, Parisian?
1: No, it's very street. Okay. when i speak in in uh, it's very high i have a, a voice high like that <laughs> uh, but i'm aggressive when i talk I, there's people they knew that i'm not uh, french french yeah. french i'm not talking like that you know like french people talk. <laughs> but the
0: sing song yeah yeah can you give us an example maybe say something like in a french. parisian would say okay. and then something like an algerian would say
1: okay Ah oh, tu sais quoi meuf uh, j'ai été à la soirée là c'était super bien j'ai vraiment apprécié le côté uh, très sympathique des gens uh, uh, c'était super bien mm-hmm. mais tu sais meuf tu peux pas savoir it's, it's very fresh and Algerian aussi not Algerian but like most street person Algerians
0: so. yeah okay
1: or arabic it's like um, et hey, franchement ouais uh, j'ai pas le time frère
0: <laughs> <laughs> j'ai pas
1: le temps frère tu vois ou pas
0: <laughs> wow, okay. Interesting. Why do you think there has become a distinction in the language?
1: I don't know. Sometimes I want to change my language speaking, yeah. by speaking to be much more Parisian and French. Yeah. But I can't. I can't. <laughs> it definitely, no, it's not me.
0: So in Paris, is it very segregated? Like, would you say, is it uncommon for a Algerian to live in the city rather than a commune or maybe... I don't know, This or...
1: Yeah. For sure, you have Barber's Recherchoir. It's yeah. Algeria.
0: <laughs> really? Okay. <laughs> and Moroccan. Yeah. No. So is it segregated by race?
1: Not, not really, but plus by money because, uh, you know...
0: More by, more from your income.
1: Yes. Okay. income. Perfect. That's it. <laughs> you can have Algerian in the 16e oui. arrondissement, but it's much more rare, you know? Rare. Rare,
0: rare Yeah. Okay. And for those Algerians, like I I actually talked to another friend of mine who is living in Montreal. Her family's Algerian, but she grew up in my city. So she speaks French and like, um, has, she's never been to France though. So she's, she's been to Algeria and now she lives in Montreal because she did her studies there. So she was telling me that there's kind of two groups, there's Algerians that really hate France and try to stay away from it and then there's Algerians that actually love France and want to come here and be a part of the community and she was saying when she when she was doing her schooling in Algeria every day they had to do their Islamic prayers in Algeria to yeah. okay. confond okay and Instead, she was a Christian, so she didn't want to say the Islamic prayers. So when they say to do the prayers, she would start singing La Marseillaise out loud. And her Algerian teacher would be so angry. And she didn't know how to feel because she just felt like, I think I like France more because they're Christian and all this. And so in your community and the Algerians that you know, are more of them averse to France? They don't like France or are they more like, I want to be a part of this?
1: no they are very mixed yeah i think if you are algerian i think for people that i that i met they are, they are proud to are algerian yeah. very fierté we say in uh, in french yeah and so i can say that they are very sad about france because yeah. i knew a lot of algerian people who are muslim yeah and muslim in france it's yeah you know it's very difficult to be muslim in france mm-hmm. there are a lot of amalgam attentat etc so people about that they don't like
0: france.
1: yeah they feel that they are
0: isolated and yeah yeah now after the charlie abdo attacks yeah in 2015 yeah. did you feel a different attitude towards you because of your skin color walking around paris where people did you have a different reaction or
1: Not in my mind, but maybe in my uh, inconscient. Because when I talk to people, I say always, I'm Algerian, but I'm Christian. For to be secure in the relationship with others.
0: Hmm. So you have to almost identify yourself every time.
1: Yeah, I feel it. Hmm. You know, I feel that in my work. Also, people say, ah, oh, uh, Inshallah, and I say, oh, why you say that? I'm Christian, so why you say that? Hmm. You like like me?
0: white people are saying that to you? Yeah. Oh, wow.
1: Always. So I think that I feel, you know, I'm not a, ba- a, a negative people, but a negative woman. But I just feel that, yeah, there is a racist with a Muslim yeah. in France. Yeah, yeah. But... Algerian, Moroccan, much more Algerian, because we are very, on se laisse pas faire.
0: So you're very attached, Algerians are very attached to their identity of being Algerian. So why do you think so many Algerians are now in France if they have this aversion to the country? Is it just easy to be here?
1: You are a good journalist. (laughs) To live in Algeria is very difficult, there are a lot of poor people, the situation, economic situation is bad, the government is very horrible, so for people to have a liberty there, it's very difficult, yeah. for women and men, but that's why they find it in France, Yeah. and I think they love France, the city, but they don't like the eyes of people. Yeah. I think if we live in the country with open minds mm-hmm. and people who are very cool, nice, and they don't judge, we feel good in yeah. the country.
0: So did it get worse after Charlie Hebdo? Do you feel like there was a lot of... Um,
1: yes. It, it changed. Yeah. Everything changed after the, the first attentat. Mm-hmm. Charlie Hebdo. Yeah. Everything changed. The security about to go to the party. I feel it because I... I knew the beginning in Paris when I live and I go outside and after yeah. and I, everything has changed. The people are more, much more aggressive. They are f- there are fear in yeah. the city, very fear. And when you see a guy with my skin and a um,
0: a long beard, yes, yeah.
1: people change the metro.
0: So, there's a feeling of fear
1: yeah. in the country. Yeah. And
0: is it still persistent today in People Paris? Are, in, Paris-
1: I have, in other places, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Tell me about kind of your upbringing with your French family. Was it a very warm experience for you? Did you enjoy your parents? or your, your adopted parents, what was that like?
1: Not really. You know, I grew up with a good uh, parents, French parents, but they always teach me to please them hmm. and to feel that I'm very redevable. It's like, uh, you give me that so I can give you all my my life things. Yeah, you know?
0: like it was transactional.
1: Yeah, and sometimes they manipulate, take me a lot of my christian life and i was very broken about that because i'm very thankful to god for for them but in the same time Mm not because i'm older now and i see now how our relationship was and they are very racist wow and i don't see that enough when i was there yeah but now yes because when i talk to them in a in the phone they always say you know black people or something like that they are very rude it's a culture you know it's not easy and i think that it's a poor mind so Mm -hmm. i'm very sad about that and i remember that the jealousy about me that they say oh you are from poor family you never go you never study you know you never can study you you don't have money you are alone now so you how to and i remember that i say i promise to me to to have study and I'm the only girls uh, in the family that have bac plus 5.
0: wow
1: so it was my dream and uh, to live in Paris they always told me oh you never can go in Paris because you are like that you are like that or and now I feel my feeling and I say okay I always call them and they never call me And I say one day, okay, I stopped that. And they call me after and they say, oh, why you don't call us? I say, sorry, you don't call me. So when I have something bad, you never, you are not here with me. And I was two brothers with me, adopted. One black from Africa and one Algerian also. And the two never give news from the family because they are something not really good for us.
0: So do you think there's big problems with the adoption system in France?
1: Yes. Oh, uh, yeah. yes.
0: What do you think was your parents' intention to adopt three kids? Was it to have the money? or?
1: I'm sure for that, to have wow. the money. Because it's to have the money. Yeah. Yeah. And to say, okay, God, I have my goal in life. Yeah,
0: right. It made them feel meaningful. Yes. So out of your adoption experience, you said that you came to Christ and you found yeah, God. And yeah. I'm curious because I think most people in your situation would associate God with these bad people. Yeah. So why was it different for you? Why did you decide to hold on to your Christianity?
1: I was touched by Jesus. and It changed my life, but very touched. I never met Jesus before and I don't know when I was young that Jesus exists. <laughs> yeah. So when we, when she told me that Jesus is here, so Jesus is my savior, I say, okay. And he changed my life. I, right. I remember that I was nine and I was crying, crying, crying. I felt, I feel a love, a powerful love. You know, I was a very depressed a young young Mm -hmm. child so and they changed my life and after that it was good good good
0: wow so do you feel like you have more of a home in christ rather than algeria or france yeah yeah so that helps define who you are
1: Yes, Jesus is my identity. That's why I feel a lot of secure in my identity. I know I'm French and I love France, but I know I have origin from Algeria and that's why I'm crazy. You're still
0: still (laughs) proud of that.
1: And I'm proud, yes.
0: Because you love France and you love Paris at your core, what would you change about this city if you had a chance to change
1: something? Oh, I love your Christian. (laughs) This is my dream. I pray that we knew the story of the Algerian people and the war because friends came, killed people and viol viol, girls.
0: Oh yeah, like raped women. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it's a failure for us. It's a real failure. We forgive but we don't forget so i pray that if i can change something to say just people knew the heart of people knew the heart of people and don't make amalgam don't make amalgam about algerian if algerian win the cup of africa be happy celebrate with us yes be happy and you know i feel that racist now with African people and other origin is very present in Paris like never before. Like mm. never before. There are liberty to express your racist. And I feel it. I don't know it's because I'm growing up and I see things but there are a lot of racism. Hmm. It's it's Algian with black people, black people with friends, friends. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Everyone's so different.
1: Yeah, we don't hmm. accept that. And my prayer is that because Martin Luther King was here, Obama also, then now you, you, we are racist. Why?
0: It's ironic because SETA is founded sur liberty, equality, fraternity. Yeah.
1: No, And you know, me, I'm very tolerant. I always tolerate everything. And I know that Jesus is love Mm -hmm. and they accept every people, every people. But your origin, he don't care about it. Mm -hmm. He created you. So in a church too, I want to speak about that. Yeah,
0: tell us about that.
1: I fear racism sometimes, you know. At church. Yes and I, I don't want to say oh racism everywhere else, but racism with gay people with handicapped people with fat people <laughs> with, yeah with, with, but but fat people but but also <laughs> fat people people told me that they don't like fat people it's yeah. not normal it's not normal in the church or wow. something or if you are not beautiful I don't give you that Of if you are not this you know we are and
0: do you do you find in those moments are you able to speak about what you think do you do you talk back do you now
1: I speak yeah. I speak in church I say it's not normal I have a lot of gay people it's my life I'm gay people around me and they come in church and I don't want they feel judged by you <laughs> so yeah yeah that's it and I have a friend of mine, he, she's a little bit fat, and people around say that when you are fat, it's not
0: so Wow, yeah, that's pretty bad. Do you want to stay in Paris? Say if things got better, but do you yeah. want to stay here? No, you want to leave no I matter know,
1: what. I want, I want to leave.
0: Why do you want to leave?
1: To take to time to chill. You know, here in Paris... It's a beautiful city, artistic city. There are a lot of different people, very rich, uh, you know, rich in mind. And uh, and uh, I love this city, but it's too fast. A lot of people don't tell that they are in depression. Mm. I see sometimes they took this like, um, medicano, <laughs> medicine, medicine. Did you? Yes, for the stress in yeah. the metro, there are a lot of yeah. suicides in the metro. There are a lot of people who who ah, 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 in the metro and everywhere. Because it's a city of stress, of depression, I'm so sorry, but yes, of pressure to be successful, your work, your money. If you want to be a singer or like that, you have a pressure to make these people to be a famous an influencer, sometimes no. Yeah. I need to chill because I see, I know that life it's to find in little things happiness, and um, in Paris no, I don't want this for my child. Yeah. Yes.
0: So where would you ideally want to move next? What do you think um, is on your mind? There
1: are a beautiful city. I don't know. Because I know that Paris is not perfect, but everywhere is not perfect too. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know just a, a city for chilling. Yeah. Take time to live.
0: Yeah, that's so interesting because I feel almost the opposite. Like, I feel like for me, Paris is a place where I can enjoy life and take my coffee and relax because yeah. back home I have the same pressure because my whole life is around my career and my reputation and what I'm doing. When I come to Paris, like, I don't know many people and I'm away from all of that noise. Mm. So, this is my place to do that.
1: Your city is bigger than.
0: No, actually, it's quite small. There's only 1.3 million in my city. So there's more space, it's quieter in some ways, but when you actually start working there and like doing school, it's the same thing. Like, there's a lot of pressure, there's a lot of image that you have to keep up, and I think that's just a human thing, but I think in a city like Paris, especially for you because you worked so hard here your yeah, whole life yeah, 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 yeah. to pass yeah. all of your obstacles. Yes. Yes. You must feel like you associate this city with all of that work and all mm-hmm. of that stress. So that makes a lot of sense. Why do you think it's like that here?
1: Because we everyone want to be successful here in Paris now. Now because when we don't have social media it was not like that. Yeah. I was going to the party, we always made in a Facebook. It was very simple. And the security in Paris is what well it was very nice but now with social media there are a lot of pressure because paris is a city of fashion and we want to be successful everyone in paris want to be an influencer or a singer or something like that but i don't met now people who want to be avocat or a medicine
0: yeah no? doctors or lawyers no more
1: <laughs> no more and i don't know because we are influenced by america
0: yeah
1: a lot A lot, a lot of America, of uh, Australia also, yeah. Yeah,
0: and it's a global city, so you're always going to have that now. Yeah, yeah, that's tough.
1: Yeah, and people don't... You know, I was uh, in the time a little bit influencer and I was meeting a lot of people, Yeah, really.
0: Because of your singing, right?
1: Yes, and I was meeting a lot of... It's easy here, Paris is very good for that, Yeah, to meet people. Like famous. It's very easy. I don't know why. If you want to be famous, it's okay. You can go outside. (laughs) But it's very not with the hurt. Hmm.
0: So it's it's very fake.
1: It's very fake. Fake, fake. (laughs) And they want to know you because you have followers. Yeah. Before, 4,000 followers it was good now it's uh, now it's okay, <laughs> but it was good so I was a lot of opportunity yeah read book etc but if they told you how do you do in life how your job in life if you don't say oh I'm a top model I'm a fashionista I'm a like that a sty- stylist they don't want you anymore <laughs> I was only new for to see in uh, Instagram then I stop nobody called me to do something
0: yeah so why did you stop doing that
1: because I don't feel talented anymore. <laughs>
0: oh, but you, you had so much success. So what changed?
1: No, I, the truth is I was contact with the good people in the music. Yeah. And they was told me that come in a studio famous in Champs-Élysées. And when I was going, they was so dark, 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 like never. They were always talk about sex, about the devil. And when I knew that... I was very shocked and I was afraid and not strong for mm. to to do music in Paris, because here in Paris music is very difficult to become somebody. Yeah. Because you have to to, uh, to meet people they are very dark. Uh, I think I'm afraid. Yeah. The, the truth is that I'm afraid about uh. people who are made and people are very not nice. And it was very dark. I promise you, I met some singers and very depressed. A lot of cocaine or, and I was shocked. Yeah. And I was able to stay Christian and not to lose myself in the bad things.
0: Yeah. Do you think if you were to follow through with that, what would your life look like now in Paris? Do you think it'd be very different? If I was, if I sing. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, because if I am a singer now in Paris, I will have a lot of person around me who wants to hang out with me because I sing. Yeah. But they don't like me for who i am and when i see that they don't love me for who i am i will be destroyed and that's happened with my, my some of my friends not a lot of friends in the music yeah very very sad mm. inside and I'd, not not everyone yeah but it's difficult to stay good in the music in yeah. France and i don't know why it's
0: interesting because you're a person who doesn't necessarily feel like you belong, yeah. but all the opportunities you have to belong you don't want because you, yes. don't, you don't want to compromise who you are.
1: Yeah, and I'm afraid I'm very fragile, fragile, yeah. yeah. And uh,
0: yeah, So you're trying to protect yourself almost. Yes, yeah.
1: yes, and protect my, um, my mind.
0: What is your ideal? like what's next for you what do you want to do with your life Um, do you have dreams right now that you're working towards
1: yeah I want to learn a lot of English just to be fluent (laughs) and to can speak with a lot of persons around the world I want to travel and uh, I want to go back in fashion yeah this is my dream and I don't know why how but I want to go back to fashion
0: yeah wow And yeah, I think it's pretty incredible because you've already accomplished so much of your dreams and you've showed people that you can do more than they told you you could. So I I hope that you believe for that because you can, you can totally go back into fashion. Yeah. (laughs) i want to talk about all the attacks that have happened in paris too and the fear of islam yeah and i actually did a paper on extremism in france and in the paper one of the arguments they made Mm -hmm. was that muslim people in france are always pushed to the banner and so when they feel that they're isolated and not accepted in france or they don't have a chance to be a part of society and they live in their own communities That's when extremism is born. And there's a stat that 80% of people in prison in France are Muslim. And so do you think that's part of why France is such a target for the Islamic attacks? And do you have Muslim friends and how do they feel about it?
1: Yeah, for sure. You find in the banlieue a lot of Muslim and Arabic people and black people. Yes, for sure. A lot, a lot, a lot. And it's easy because... The most of people, Arabic and African, they are child of immigrants, you know, and the immigrants come here and they find less price in Bonn you know, Yeah, for the, it's cheaper. For the, yes. And it's a government that put people there. Okay. And yeah, people don't have, um, they grow up together and they don't see that you can go to the opera of Paris and you have the possibility to access of that, of that, of that. So they always stay together and they push together yeah in the bad things to earn money easier for drug etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah it's a fact. But Muslim people I don't know exactly how they feel but I know Muslim people and I think they feel misunderstanding, not You're
0: misinterpreted.
1: Yes. And not really accepted in the society yeah and it's a problem because you know everyone say it's you it's you it's you mm-hmm. I met Christian people who don't like the hijab but the problem is not that the problem is that friends say okay I, we don't like muslim and we don't accept we don't want that friends will be a muslim uh, a country yeah. a muslim but Guys, you go before that in the colonization, in the Maroc, in the Tunisia, in the Algeria. You go there. Yeah. You go in Africa. How? How? You can say that now because it's like bizarre. You you go in their country, you say, okay, come in my country to do bad uh, work, you know, like to rubbish or menage. you know, mining. Yeah. It's only... It's only Portuguese or African or Arabic who do that. Mm-hmm. Not French people do that. Yeah. The, France is very paradoxical. They say, the government, they say, okay, I want immigrants for bad work that don't, we don't want to do, yeah. but we don't want you go with their religion because yeah. here it's liberté, égalité, fraternité. But guys, it's very difficult. It's very complex.
0: Yeah. So do you think there's a solution?
1: There is a solution. There is a solution, but it's changed because there are a lot of culture rap culture who becoming much more famous. Oh, yeah. in Paris, panell. Yes, panellik star. This is a guy from banlieue who have becoming very rich. Yeah. And there are a lot, a lot, a lot now. Yeah. Of rapper who becoming rich from the Yeah. Know? Because now rap, everyone listen rap here. Rich, poor, everyone. Yeah. 10 years ago, no. Rap was like, it sucks. It's only rap from 2-pack, you know? Yeah. And yeah, you can cha- we can change the things. And now, it's very paradoxical. Now in Paris, the influencers are very bonlieux. Yeah. L- the looks, it's bonlieux. The fashion, the inspiration is bonlieux. Yeah. I- it's bonlieux.
0: Do you think that scares the bourgeois? Like, are they like, oh no, we're becoming something that we're not... Like, how do you maintain what it means to be French when the culture's changing?
1: Uh, bourgeois listen a lot of PNL. Okay. A lot of PNL. <laughs> do you think I that's
0: weird? Because they don't that's like. It's
1: really weird. Yeah. I never see a lot of bourgeois listening panel. first of all. <laughs> yeah. Booba also, it's a famous rapper. Okay. A lot of oh, yeah, Booba. Bourgeoisie yeah. like that. So I think that bourgeoisie admire a little bit, admire oh, okay. yeah. Admire, yeah. Admire, admire, a little bit banlieue hmm. inside of them.
0: Do you so, think that's a, a an opportunity for there to be more unity then?
1: Yes, I think that music is permit that. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. Because you see in the concert a lot of white people.
0: Wow, crazy. Yeah,
1: so it's cool. For that, it's beautiful. But...
0: Even though you know the dark side of the music, you're still happy that that's happening. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I think that French people they are afraid that France becoming Arabic.
0: Yeah.
1: Or Muslim. Yeah. I understand that. Yeah. But France make business with Africa. Yeah. And with with uh, in general. That's why. That's why they permit people come here. Yeah. But yeah. you can't manipulate people. Okay, stay here, work here, but no, don't be Muslim, <laughs>
0: you
1: know? And Paris is not a, a city of peaceful things.
0: Yeah, unfortunately.
1: You see it yeah. when you come here. You, you feel very in peace mm. or not?
0: I can. It depends where I am. So, for example, if I am doing my studies at Sciences Po and I'm walking down Boulevard Saint-Germain and it's, okay. it's great. It's beautiful. I love it. If I'm coming from Gare du Nord and there's strikes, um, yeah. you know, on the train line, or I'm trying to get to the airport, everyone's yelling. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this is crazy, you know. And when I first came to Paris, mm-hmm. the very, very first time, I was with my family and we stayed on Rue Lafayette. The first time I was in Paris and we were driving on the taxi and there was prostitutes on the street and people yelling. And (laughs) I was so scared because I knew I was moving there. Mm. And I was like, how am I going to be in this country for almost a year? I was really scared. But then as soon as I started my studies and met people, I loved the city. I fell in love with it and I just avoided the... scary places i guess but it's weird because i think that you can find that anywhere there's always you know a dangerous sketchy place in every city yeah it's it's weird because it's like you can't just ignore those people they need help and they're a part of your country and how do you bridge the gap and keep everyone safe and yeah i think france is a really good image of what the world needs to look to because I'm not saying they're doing anything right now actively but it's a good opportunity for people to come together and change things and yeah. it's just the world we live in because there's so many people in the world right now and so many people are immigrating and we're just losing a sense of autonomy and I think it's interesting because you are an immigrant and you were adopted and you know you've had a lot of bad experiences but you love France at the end of yeah, the day yeah. so what is it why do you love France at the end of the day
1: I love France for everything I think except the mentality the yeah the way how of thinking people think
0: but you love everything else.
1: Yes, I <laughs> love the beautiful city. You have uh, everything. You want to ski, you ski. You want to go to swim in the beach, <laughs> you swim. You have uh, uh, Marseille beautiful. You have everything beautiful. Yeah. But if you want to find people with the good hearts and very helpful, it's very hard. Yeah. And also in your face, it friends need a revival.
0: My experience here is that I have found a lot of very, very kind people Mm. that are warm-hearted and helpful and nice. Mm. And, you know, even at Sciences Po or like when I'm trying to do my visa or even on the metro, everyone's helping each other. Everyone's very polite. It seems like people care about each other. I think everyone kind of feels like they're part of a community and I don't feel that at my home city. I think everyone avoids each other if we don't talk to each other. Mm. I think in Paris, people are very... um, You know, you can go up to a stranger and ask for directions or you can ask someone for their Wi-Fi hotspot or, you know, and when you meet friends at work, you can go for um, lunch lunch or something, you know, like it's just very everyone's friendly, I think, you know. So I, I don't know if that's because of me, because I'm very nice and friendly, but everyone always reacts well to me. I've never had a bad experience here.
1: Yes, because I think you are a sunshine, you know. And here, they, are, they need the sunshine. Not really. But me, now I'm close. I have a face close mm-hmm. because I'm afraid of bad people here. I'm, no, I don't feel secure here.
0: Yeah, so you have to protect yourself.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, yes. It's exactly that.
0: Mm. Would you describe for me a day in Paris that would be perfect, ideal? Perfect Paris day. What what would happen in your life in Paris to make it a perfect experience okay. here?
1: The perfect day in Paris. You wake up. You go to the coffee. Yeah. En bas. <laughs> and you take your coffee or your tea and you read a little book. You take your croissant. <laughs> it's okay. After that, you go to Musée du Louvre au grève au grévin Ami- or musée Musée. You go to Musée. Yeah. You, music, 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 perfect. <laughs> after that, you take your bike, <laughs> you go around the city. <laughs> okay, after that, you go to eat somewhere alone. You eat mm-hmm. somewhere and you meet people, you talk to everyone.
0: Wow, can you do that in Paris easily? Yes. You can talk to anyone.
1: Not easily, Yeah. Easily not. <laughs> because I don't have a, f- a lot of friends here, <laughs> but yeah, why not? Yeah, okay. And after that, you go to go shopping. <laughs> shopping in the Marais. In the Marais. Oh, yes. And in the Marais, you go in every... I love every, the Marais, yes. In everywhere in the Marais for to go shopping.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> small booty.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: And you take a little bag. I take this a from Marais.
0: Room. Oh, nice. From
1: Marais. Nice. <laughs> and you take a little things from Marais (laughs) and after that you go to the Louvre you go you read your book you take your pâtisserie from uh, Angelina and after that perfect day you go to the cinema and after that you go in the best place a rooftop in Paris (gasps)
0: Beautiful.
1: perfect day baby. That So that perfect. you sleep well.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do your list yeah, tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> Best of luck with everything you're doing next, and we'll Thank look forward so to fresh. seeing you. And can people follow you or learn more about you if they want to see what you're up to?
1: Yeah. How
0: can they find you?
1: Like the ones I have Instagram.
0: <laughs> yeah. What's your Instagram? Is it just your name?
1: Anissa Ferdini.
0: Anissa Ferdini. So we'll get that <laughs> on the episode. Hopefully you get some followers that are good people. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Anissa. What an insight from my friend, Anissa. I don't think I have yet to meet anyone with a story quite like hers. However, no two people do have the same cultural story. That's part of why I'm making this show. I'm so grateful I could give her a chance to share her experiences in Paris. How many stories can you uncover by simply asking questions to the people around you? I hope this episode encourages you to do just that. Did this episode surprise you? Bring up some thoughts of your own experience. I wanna hear from you too. You can find me on at Josiah podcast and join the discussion. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Culture. I'm your host, Josiah Sinanin, and thank you for expanding your curiosity alongside myself. If you have any questions for me, if would like to become a Patreon supporter of the show or want to hear more episodes, visit me at www.josiahpodcast.com. Anticulture is also a proud member of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATV. I'll see you next week for part two of this episode on Paris, where we explore the identity crisis of an Australian who's grown up in France. We'll talk soon.